Hey gang, happy Wednesday, uh, hump day. Thanks for joining me. And man, we got a great show put together, man. We got some cool things we're going to talk about. The uh, number one mental problem athletes face, right? Uh, and I hope that piques your interest because, man, does it pique mine. In this broadcast, I'm going to share with you the number one mental problem that athletes face. And I'm going to give you three reasons why they have this problem, okay? Which is, in, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm real more intrigued about the why uh, than anything. And then, and then how it destroys their performances. And when we finish the broadcast today, you're gonna to walk away with some nuggets and those are gonna be three solutions that you're gonna be able to implement to avoid these pitfalls, right? So. If you've never met me before, I'm Sean Humphreys. I'm a high performance coach. I specialize in changing the performance of individuals and athletes. Whether you're a highly skilled athlete or you're on your way to being one, or you just want to improve uh, your performance, you're in the right place. So, hey, if you don't mind, uh, give me a little thumbs up so that you can hear me. Throw a little wow face at me. Also, tag someone in and uh, invite them in to check out this broadcast uh, this evening because, man, you're watching some cool stuff and you know we want to help as many people as we possibly can so uh, also let me know where you're watching this from I'm really intrigued uh, where people tune in from from around the country or even around the world and uh, I'll also catch you on the rebroadcast so with your questions and your comments um, I love those because it really helps me dig in a little bit more and and not really you know get off topic but take the topic even a little bit deeper into uh, experiences that I have with EPS, with coaching in the college space, or even professional sports in Major League Baseball, or even with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, also, we're live on YouTube tonight at, uh, on, the, on my channel at, at Sean Humphreys. So let's, uh, let's dig into this, huh? So let's talk about, you know, the, you know, the, the number one problem, right? So, I, you know, I get this. So I, I, I got a problem, right? And I know it's mental right and it must be because I hit every shot in practice really well and when I get into competition I miss hit shots I miss easy putts and I just don't have a clue why and I excuse me I really don't know what to do and I can't stand beating myself in competition and what am I doing wrong and how do I fix it? Does this sound familiar? I mean, every week I have conversations with parents and athletes, and they mention to me that their son or daughter is taking lessons every week from the best instructor in the area. They've got the best clubs, they've got the best training facilities, and they hear, man, their golf swing looks great, they can hit every shot, and when they get into competition, it crumbles, right? Does this sound familiar? I mean, these are conversations that I have on a regular basis with parents day in and day out. So why is it the player has issues and is so frustrated, okay? When they're doing all the right things or are they really doing all the right things? I mean, 
they could be a victim of what I believe, you know, which is, you know, the number one mental problem among competitors, which is it's over trying. And we do it and we don't even know that we do it. And when I began competing, you know, I believed that you do your best at a sport and you should give 110%. I mean, that's kind of always what we were taught. And that's what I always heard. And I'd done it in other sports, even in basketball, which is one of my, if you've hung around me, you know that I absolutely love basketball. And I worked as hard as I could. I would shoot until late hours at night. I would run the sprints as fast as I could. I would train as hard as I could multiple, multiple times a day and doing practices, you know, almost two days, you know, throughout the season. And I accepted the fact to try hard was to do well. I mean, that was really kind of the, the, the understood mission was that, so I accepted the fact that to try hard was to do well, and if I gave any sport less than that, um, I deserved to lose. I don't know if that's the right recipe. Now, now trying your hardest may be the best thing, you know, in running track or maybe even weightlifting or, you know, maybe even a hundred yard dash. However, there, you know, there's many activities that don't work so well when you give 110%. You know, from my experiences and observations, not only as uh, an athlete, but as a teacher and a coach and a trainer, to me, all things in life, you know, require a certain amount of mental effort to do them well. All of them do. I mean, think about that again. I mean, all, all the things that we do in life require a certain amount of mental effort to do them well. Would you agree? Hey, also, when I when I ask these questions, man, I would love to hear from you. Give me your give me your inputs. Jot down a couple notes. Hit me with them. And uh, man, I, I'd love to field those. So, but if we give less than, let's say, a one one percent less effort than what's required, or one percent more than is needed, it's fair to say that performance will drop. Either way, but the key is, you know, you know as well as I do, is the key is to find the proper level of mental mindset for every task, right? And there are some sports that tend to require you know, a lot of power, right? The, the greatest power used and, you know, gives you the greatest chance of winning. And these high-powered sports required, require certain muscle groups and to be tense to the maximum. But, you know, that's not always the case that we have to do that, you know. What's interesting is, is that very much like the def defensive lines, and, and I'm very fortunate that I get to work with the New Orleans Saints and I spend time with Ryan Nielsen, who's the defensive line coach for the Saints. And, and I'll tell you what, these, these athletes, they're strong, okay? And they're extremely quick, all right? But they're fast, they're quick, and these linemen have extremely fast hands and sound technique. And the reason they have that is because 
being a defensive lineman, it's like martial arts, okay? But in many cases, I mean, and, and they have to be able to counter moves that the offensive line goes. So just hang with me here. This is where I'm going at with this. So in, in many instances, they overpower their opponent, not by strength, but with quick counter moves that allows them to create leverage against their opponent, okay? As opposed to saying, hey, I've got to tense up and I've got to do this with all kinds of strength. To be a defensive lineman now, today, and even in college in the NFL, this requires sharp and fast techniques, and you've got to outsmart the, the linemen, not so much to out, out, outpower them. Um, the D-line the D experience a greater chance of overpowering the opponent when they're trying to move the person. I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. The defensive line lineman doesn't have a good chance of when they're actually physically trying to overpower the person in front of them. So how do they how do they do it? They have to learn to trust their moves and their techniques and trust the play for them to move that lineman or move around them. More importantly, it's more about moving around them. So when we get really tense, it causes a lot of issues and we end up over trying. So we might hear ourselves think, I have to hit targets. Or we push ourselves, I've got to hit this fairway. I've got to hit this green. When you push yourself, you tend to tense up and the result is a missed target. That is, I see that day in and day out with athletes. I mean, think about this from a standpoint of if it's, if it's a pitcher and he gets behind in the count and all of a sudden he starts muscling in it and trying to, and trying to hit the target every time, chances are they're going to throw balls because they're not trusting what they're doing. So what do we do? Is it possible to find the effort point where we're trying to just try hard enough and not to exceed this amount? Now, I believe it's possible, okay? I've seen it happen. I even coach athletes through this, but it's not an easy task. You know, I mean, I believe that 90% of the competitors in competition are overtrying. And many of them are overtrying the entire competition. Why is that? Well, there's, there's three reasons. And there's three reasons why competitors overtry. Okay? The first is they're afraid to trust their subconscious skill. They're afraid to trust their skill. Many competitors do not train enough properly to really know what their skill set is. Okay, and I see this all the time. Hey, I used, I used to witness it because I used to be purely a technical teacher. And I would teach the technical piece and then I would send the athletes on their own for them to work on it on their own 
hoping that they would perform well. Folks, that's not a good recipe. And I was guilty of it. So when you talk about it now, why are these athletes afraid? You know, they, they can't even trust their skill. One is because they're not testing it. We're going to get into, that, get into that here in just a second. They're not testing what they've been taught to execute it and learn to trust and execute it and then put it in a game-type situation and raise the consequences even higher. And we're going to talk about that. So that's the reason, that's the reason they don't trust. The first one is, is they're afraid to trust their subconscious skill. And here's an interesting piece. They try to compensate for this in competition by being extra careful. All right. They try to compensate for this in competition by being extra careful. All right. So extra careful equals over trying. They don't trust their skill and in competition they compensate for this by being extra careful and extra careful equals overtrying. And I see this day in and day out with young athletes coming up because we're so, we happen to be so tilted towards the technique, okay? Many competitors work hard enough in training but still work extra hard in competition. Many competitors work hard enough in training but work extra hard in competition. Working hard in competition is over trying. Working hard in competition, it's, it's another piece of over trying. Champions work hard in training, and you know what? They work easy in competition. So here's the key. This is a key take home here. The key is to train at the level that replicates your competition or has higher consequences than your competition. The key is to train at a level that repli replicates competition or has a higher level of consequences than your competition. And this allows you to learn and trust your skills in stressful situations such as competition. You see, that's really not done in golf. And it's been a big problem. And um, the reason I, I made my shift is because it didn't exist. And I see it every day. And, you know, any training less than or not close to the level of competition, your performance suffers. I can just tell you right now. Because I think we can all agree that competition has consequences, right? But how many of you can say that your training has, has consequences? Now, you, other sports do it. You know, we see it in the NFL, and we see it in Major League Baseball. We see it in, in the NBA. We really see it in college sports. You know, especially college basketball. I've had the opportunity to sit in on practice with Coach K, and I can assure you that his training has higher consequences than competition. 
Okay. I mentioned to you earlier, you know, I have the pleasure to speak with parents and athletes on a weekly basis, and they tell me they're they're working with their swing coach, and they've got everything in line, and everything looks good, and you know, everything. Oh, they're hitting it great, and doing all that, and they get in competition, and their game suffers. I mean, this is a prime example of why I started looking outside of my sport, right? Because I wasn't finding any of this in in my sport. So I went, the first place I went to was the NFL, right? And I hooked up with uh, Coach Bill Parcells. And at that time, Sean Payton was uh, his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. Uh, the late Tony Sperano was his defensive line coach. And Mike Zimmer was his defensive coordinator. And I, 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 Bill and I talked about this on numerous occasions. And I was really frustrated because I didn't know how to train my athletes for stressful situations high-stakes situations and preparing for competition. So I stepped out my, outside of my sport and I started bringing these techniques back into my academy. It changed everything because we started raising the training level higher than the consequences of competition. And so what happened is when they got in competition, people felt easy. So, you know, and then I wasn't satisfied with that. Then I took it to the Olympic level and or the Olympic arena to learn how the absolute best in the world think, train, and perform. And over the course of 17 years, building this system out, we built EPS, and now we've got you know 20 plus universities around the United States that uh, that are running the system. We've got you know close to 60 in our onboarding program, and working with the NFL and you know, Major League Baseball. It's pretty cool stuff. And it's changing the face of how these athletes are starting to train because we're teaching them how to think. We're teaching them how to train for competition. That's changing their performance. So I'll ask you, you know, how is your training? Does your training, you know, have higher consequences than competition? At any one time, uh, my training didn't. And that's why I made the change. I mean, I'd, li I'd like to hear your feedback on that. So here's the second reason why competitors overtry. When you think about outcome instead of running, you know, your process or program or systems, we run programs and systems. Um, a lot of people talk about processes and their process. Um, I think that that term gets a little diluted and it loses its value if, because of the, it's really not defined, it's not measured and timed. Um, when you talk about a program or you talk about a system, I think that's a little bit more clear cut. So why competitors over try is they're thinking more about outcome instead of running their program or their system to control their thoughts. You know, if you're worried about if the if you're worried about score, your competition, your last failure, or anything other than running your program or controlling your thoughts of executing, you're thinking about in in uh, you're thinking about outcome instead of running your program. And anytime you start thinking about these things, performance starts dropping. Here's the thing is you can't think about two things at the same time with your conscious mind. So your focus is pulled away 
from the execution towards the outcome. If you're not focused on performance, you start thinking outcome, your performance is going to start dropping. When this happens, we almost we immediately almost overtry when we start thinking towards outcome. We immediately start trying to change the outcome or meet the outcome instead of letting it happen. Just like I was talking about with the defensive line guys. You know, they go up against these guys, they trust their moves and whatever that play is and wherever that offensive lineman's coming at them, they're going to counter with the moves and create leverage and trust that the play is going to work out and that they're going to be there. They're not trying to do this. So it's important that, you know, th thinking about the system, thinking about the program or the steps that you're running to control your thoughts. Thinking about outcome is over trying. So there we go again. It's um, another piece that, man, really starts bringing, bringing performance down and the scores just really start going up like crazy. You know, athletes ask me all the time and say, Coach, you know, how can I get better with my mindset, right? And my first reply is, I was like, look, I said, you need to stop thinking and learn to control your thoughts. And they look at me like I have three heads. They're like, coach, you said I need to stop thinking and learn to control my thoughts. I'm like, yeah. What if you could control your thoughts? What if they were defined? And your thoughts must be defined. They've got to be measured. They've got to be timed in competition. However, this has to be learned in training. This is how you train. So what's interesting is, is a lot of people will talk about what they do or what needs to be done in competition. From my mindset, in my perspective, this is what needs to be done in training. And so therefore, that's how we train our athletes, is we train them to learn to control their thoughts and before the action, during the action, and after the action and teach them how to reinforce. So it's critical because, you know, then we, you know, we've, we've mentioned this in other episodes and we talk about that self-image and that self-image starts creeping in because that self-image is going to start pulling you back to where your area of comfort is. But if we don't have the ability to control our thoughts, okay, raise the level of our training, all right, and remove ourselves from thinking about outcome, man, we're in a vicious cycle. And I think the training is in a vicious cycle. I really do. Um, this is the stuff that I learned, you know, in the NFL and the Olympic level. And... It's an absolute game changer with these athletes, whether it's, you know, a, a young athlete, 12, 13, 14 years old, all the way up to 19, 20, 21 in college, all the way to the, you know, professional rankings, okay? Third and finally, most performers are over-trying because they operate on the misconception that trying harder will produce a greater chance of success. Okay? 
So is this true? Think about the time you recorded your personal best score, okay? In either in, in training or playing or in competition. How hard were you trying? I mean, I know, I mean, I can think about, you know, the, the low rounds that I shot that weren't in competition. And I mean, I remember playing one time, I played 36 holes in one day and I shot 64, 64. And I mean, I was beside myself and I think about, man, I didn't think about anything that day. Well, you know, if you know me, it's like when I got in competition, man, my numbers went up. Some days I would have good rounds, but it's really what drove me from competitions because I really couldn't handle the pressure. And more importantly, I couldn't control my thoughts. It wasn't so much that I couldn't handle the pressure, I just couldn't control my thoughts. That led to me talking about all of these things that we're talking about tonight. I mean, you hear athletes say, whoa, well, you know, they play really good. Her personal best or his personal best is this, and I always ask, is that competition? Uh, no, that's just playing recreationally. Well, if you're trying to play college sports, um, or even professionally, it's not about recreational rounds, you know? So sometimes players play really well when they don't particularly care, okay, if they don't do well. And... You know, sometimes that can lead to maybe even thinking about that in competition. But if the competition is, is, not, is uh, not an important event or they just, you know, say they're just playing out for the, the enjoyment of it and the pressure is off and the scores get good, right? I mean, that, that can happen because it just really doesn't mean, mean anything to them from a competition, ah, this competition doesn't mean anything to me, I'm just gonna enjoy myself today, and the pressure's off, and I happen to shoot a good score. But that's rarely the case. You know, if your performance in competition suffers compared to training, okay, then you're most likely over-trying. If your competition suffers compared to training, most likely you're over-trying. A logical, a logical solution <laughs> to this might be care less in competition. I mean, people think that, you know, a logical solution might be this, to care less in competition, saying it's not important how well I do. Honestly, I don't, I don't believe that's a good solution. And, and here's the reason why, to say, you know, um, you know, it's not important and you know, I, I really don't care. It's, uh, you know, it's, I really, I suggest that, you know, if you care less, we get careless. I mean, bottom line. And which is the opposite, complete opposite end of the mental error that we're talking about. I mean, this takes it to a whole different spectrum. So, I mean, all of a sudden now you go from caring less to getting careless, and that's really not the direction we want to go. So, what do I suggest? I suggest you change what you care about. Okay? And that's what this third topic is really about. 
stop caring so much about score, okay? Your competition uh, and winning, outcome of the shot, outcome of the nine, outcome of the 18, outcome of the event, um, whether you're a pitcher, whether you're a batter, um, any of these outcomes, uh, if you start shifting your mind to, you know, forgetting about the outcome and care more about training for the competition, executing your program so you can control your thoughts. That's what you should be thinking about is my training for competition, executing my thoughts and controlling my thoughts so that I can control them in competition and focus on next steps, not the final result. I know it's hard to do, but we have the system that does it. And, you know, you can start learning these, you know, focusing on next steps keeps your mind occupied. It's funny, I heard this quote one time is that a lot of athletes or a lot of people are focused on the past and they're always looking in the the rearview mirror but that rearview mirror is really small and you got to look into it to see what's behind you and that's why the windshield is so big in front of you so you can see where you're going and you're focused where you're going and that's where your focus should be is in front of you and not behind you and we look at so many times we think about you know what's happened in the past and you know it's just you know one of the key things that we work with the athletes on is the reinforcement piece and to keep your thoughts so we use a performance journal it's called a performance analysis and it keeps the thoughts on track it keeps the positive thoughts of what they did what they learned what solutions they need, why they need these solutions, what area they trained in, why they trained in this area, what they did well, and what their goal statements are. And it's the last thing that they do at the end of their training. Why? Because it's a part of their training that helps them keep their thoughts going in the right direction. I mean, imagine if you don't have that, that your athlete has all these negative thoughts when they finish training or finish competition or finish qualifying, they don't have any roadblocks to block this and say, hey, let's draw out what you did well today. Let's draw out what you learned. Let's talk about the solutions you need and why you need these solutions. And let's talk about what training needs to happen to put these solutions in place and what level of training you need to work on. And let's talk about what you did well today. And let's talk about your goal statement. Gang, that's a game changer. And they do it at the Olympic level. We implement it in ours. Every one of our athletes does. And it's it's an absolute game changer so here's here's a couple key elements you know um, your job in competition is to execute the process of performing not playing golf swing the exit your the job in competition is for you to execute the process of performing. That's it. Not play anything else. 
not think about anything else, but think about performing. Okay. Now, your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well. Hence, why your training needs to have higher consequences and that your focus and your thoughts need to be on performing and controlling your thoughts and thinking about next steps as opposed to outcome and score. Okay, Your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well. And if you successfully execute these steps in competition, your score and winning will take care of itself. It will absolutely take care of itself. But you've got to have these steps in place. Okay. The big, the big challenge that I see is everyone wants to change their outcome. Okay. However, they don't want to change what they're doing to change outcome. And so I have great conversations with people about this all the time, but they're not willing to change their habits and their attitudes towards their training. So they go back to practicing all the things that they're currently working on and even train harder in those and they expect a different result. They expect a different result. And they think that they think and hope that they're just saying, man, they're hoping that it will change. And parents, hey, I'm here to educate you. I'm here to help you understand this. I'm here to help you help your athletes, help your daughters, help your sons. And coaches, I'm here to help, your, help you help your athletes. I've gone through the grill in learning this stuff. And I, if you'd have asked me, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago that this is where I'd be in my coaching right now um, and working on the mindset training and performance and working with athletes and teaching them how to think and how to train and changing their performance, I'd say you're crazy. But um, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and I knew I needed to change. And that's my goal is to help educate you so that you can make a very sound and realistic decision of, hey, this is the direction that I need to go. You know, we can be really technique sound, but if we're not mindset sound, you're in trouble. That's a fact. And, you know, you've got to ask yourself, you know, why are my scores, why do my scores fluctuate that the way they do? Why do I shoot 75 one day and it's 85 the next? Or I shoot 73 one day and it's 79 the next? Or vice versa? Why do I go out and fire a high number and it's a low number the next? So these are some great things. And, you know, I'd like to do just a quick recap uh, on overtrying. So first of all, we want to rework our training, right? So it has higher consequences than the competition. That's number one, okay? Number two, you want to shift your thoughts to the process of performing and not outcome. The process of just purely performing and not outcome. And that's, remember, that's where your thoughts need to be is on performing. And number three, we've got to change what we care about. Care about executing, not the outcome or the score or how I finish 
all the things that we're talking about right here are the things that you have control of. You have control of reworking your training and that it has higher consequences. You have, con you have control of shifting the thoughts to the process of performing and not outcome. You have control of changing what you care about as opposed to caring about what the score is and what the outcome is. And if we start teaching our kids and our young athletes and even our adult athletes this, your performance is going to change. I know this for a fact. And just give it a try. I mean, I've always said, hey, just give it a go because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this broadcast as much as I've enjoyed putting it together for you. You know, you can join me every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8, uh, 8 p.m. Central for the EPS broadcast. Um, if you know someone that might benefit from the broadcast, hey, pass it along to them. And I'd appreciate that because we're trying to help as many people as we possibly can. If you're interested in being a part of my private client group, hey, let's have a call. I would be more than happy to have a discovery call with you and what that looks like. We've got an incredible onboarding program that, uh, that is well underway and producing an unbelievable results with these young athletes. And you can reach me by email at sean at seanemphries.com or you can reach me direct. My number is 972-793-7255. Also, I, I want to mention is that I'm hosting um, three college golf training camps over the holidays at my training facility in Palm Beach, Florida. I'll have college coaches come in, and these are the coaches that are currently uh, EPS coaches at their universities. They'll be assisting me in this, so you get to hang out and rub elbows, but more importantly, they get to get some eyes on you and meet you, and if you're a potential uh, recruit, could be a good answer for you, but more importantly, if you're looking to kickstart in this think piece, training piece, and performance piece, these camps are a great kickstart. They're two days, and we have, we have a great a relationship with a hotel with great rates. You can check them out at seanhumphreys.com. Just click on the training, and if you'd like to discuss, give me a ring, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Hey, thanks again for joining me tonight. I'll see you next week for another uh, great episode and great broadcast. Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon.